is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with SystemsForSelfCare.com, where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Okay, in today's episode, we're going to talk about weight loss. And this is just like a, it's a topic for me that's like sometimes I really struggle with talking about this topic. So I want to talk about that struggle first. Um, I don't think that weight loss is the most important thing in the world. And I do struggle talking about this and just being like, ah, you're going to, you're going to feel happier once you lose weight. Cause you're, you're not, especially if you go about it in a way that is super restrictive and very unpleasant, which I'll share about me. Um, because that, that was my life. Like when weight loss was my sole goal and it was the only thing, you know, like my only vision for myself was make my body smaller. I was effing miserable. Um, but I do know that wanting to change your body. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to change your body. But the way we go about it can oftentimes be more detrimental to our health than our mental health, our physical health and mental health. And so, yeah. And then also just um, a question that I always come back to when I work with clients now is, would you want this for a young female? in your life. This thing that you're doing, this this thing that you're acting on, this practice that you're doing, would you want that for a young female in your life? Would you want um, the thoughts going through your head about yourself for a young female in your life? So like when it comes to things like your habits with getting on the scale several times in the morning or several times throughout the day to see if the scale went down 0.2 pounds, like would you want that for a young female in your life? Like how would you feel if you saw like your daughter or your niece doing that? You probably, you know, you wouldn't like that. Or when it comes to food logs, food diaries, um, tracking macros on my fitness pal, completely cutting out carbs, completely cutting out sugar, completely cutting out, you know, a food group and being hyper scared and obsessive of that. Would you want that for a young female? So um, this is, you know, we'll talk about it in today's episode, but like this is kind of after years of like really disordered, a really disordered relationship with food. I w- it was never a full-blown eating disorder, but a disordered relationship with food, which I think most women and probably a lot of men can relate to, having a disordered relationship with food and with their body and with health. Um, I think we all have it. I think we've all gone through it or are going through it um, or unfortunately will go through it. And it's really sad. Um, but anyways, so we're going to talk about weight loss in today's episode. If you don't want to listen to a, a video or a podcast about weight loss, skip this skip this episode and just go and listen to a different episode where I talk about running or I talk about other systems for self-care. But if you do want to hear about how I lost weight, let's dive in. So like I said, it was a it was not a happy place to be. When as I was growing up, when I was a little girl, um, I remember being hyper-focused about my body and my weight. And I think the first time that I thought I was fat was in third grade because we were getting on scales during math class to like, I don't know, we were using measurements. I'm not sure what it was, but I remember just seeing whatever that number was on the scale and be like, that's too high. It shouldn't be that. I don't remember what the number was, but I was like, it shouldn't be that. I think maybe my friend was maybe like 20 pounds lighter than me or something like that. But I was like, mine is too much. So it was in third grade. How sad is that? Third grade that I, ah, there's something wrong with me. And I have this poster from when I was in fifth grade and it was like an about me poster. And I wrote down my height, but I didn't write down my weight on that thing. So again, fifth grade, oh, there's something wrong with me, right? 
there was not anything wrong with me. I was just, I was a normal, I wasn't on the low end of the weight, but I wasn't on the high end of the weight. It was just a kid. Um, right. But as I got older, I know that I was very super self-conscious about my thighs and my butt. And in high school, I would always wear like a sweatshirt or sweater tied around um, my waist so that you couldn't see my butt. And in college and after college, I always wore a um, tank top underneath. Whatever I was wearing, I would wear a tank top underneath that shirt um, to cover my stomach. Um, I gained a little weight after college, um, because I wasn't moving around as much. It wasn't as active on my college campus walking around, right? You start adult life, you're driving, you're commuting to work. Um, you're not walking as much and you don't really know anything about nutrition. So I know after college, I gained a little weight. My stomach got a little bit bigger, was wearing that, you know, the tank top thing. Um, didn't know anything about nutrition, was drinking alcohol and eating, you know, chips, probably not eating throughout the workday and then eating a lot when I got home. So just didn't know anything about food. And then also um, after college, (laughs) moving to Chicago and getting into a relationship, being in grad school, eating a lot of food, stress eating, again, not knowing anything about nutrition, not knowing anything about moving my body. And so there were several times through my 20s that I was like, I'm going to write a blog about weight loss. I'm going to join this gym. I'm going to work out with a personal trainer. I'm going to I'm gonna write. And it, it just never stuck. It never stuck. I never found a way that I enjoyed moving my body and um, tracking calories was not fun. And also I didn't have like a good system for it. Like I still, I thought like, I didn't know anything about macronutrients. I didn't know anything about protein. I didn't know anything about carbs. I didn't know anything about fat. I didn't know that, you know, eating lots of vegetables is really good for me. I just was like, oh, I'll eat 1,600 calories. And the bulk of that was like eating um, like 200-calorie packs of crackers, like those cheese and crackers, like six crackers in the package. I would have that, and then it's like, and like a, a package of 100 calories of almonds, right? Okay, great. There's 300 calories. Well, guess what? Eating those 300 calories versus a salad of 300 calories with protein or a 600 calorie salad with protein, the salad's going to last you longer. You're actually going to feel full and energized. And so just tracking calories did not work for me. And I continue to gain weight. And I remember you know, I would blame it on different things. Oh, it's birth. It's the birth control that made me gain weight or it's the antidepressants that made me gain weight. But it's like, no, it was a lack of movement and it was um, eating a shit ton of food. It was the French fries. It was all of the processed food, stress eating at the end of the day, uh, eating entire pizzas, (laughs) you know, going out drinking and then coming home and ordering burgers and fries and eating packages of cookie dough. That's how I gained weight, right? It was eating lots of processed food, not eating any plants and protein, not knowing anything about that, Um, eating lots of processed food, drinking alcohol, drinking sugary drinks, and not exercising, not not getting a lot of walking in, just even that walking. I didn't have any systems for self-care, right? So gained weight, I think the highest I got up to was, well, the highest that I've ever seen on this scale was 180. And then once I hit that, I kind of stopped looking at the scale. Um, I My biggest pant size was probably like a size 14. Um, 
and my body, I was in a lot of pain. Like just, um, I would wake up first thing in waking up, my feet would hurt and it would hurt to walk like from my bed to the bathroom that like, you know, those 20 steps, it would hurt so bad first thing in the morning. And throughout the work day, I would have like special shoes that I had to wear or, and I would get, um, I would get like different cushions and I would try different arches, but like just my feet hurt constantly. And I would get to work and I would take my shoes off. And I remember my coworkers making fun of me because they come into my classroom and I would not be wearing any shoes. It didn't matter if they were, if I was wearing boots, if I was wearing ballet flats, if I was wearing gym shoes, flip flops, whatever, like my feet just constantly hurt. Um, and then also my skin hurt to the touch. So like, if you like, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was, but like, if you touched my arm, like it just hurt. Like my body was in pain. It was, you know, not, it was not good. Um, and it's only like looking back on it. Like I didn't know that it was, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. Um, Hey, the food, you know, I didn't know the things that you're consuming is, you know, making you be in pain. I didn't know those things. Um, and it's only looking back that I'm like, yeah, probably was because you never eat a vegetable or never drink water. I just was putting a ton of crap in my body and having, you know, at really high stress levels, having classrooms of like 34, 35 kindergartners, a commute that sucked, you know, the stressors that (laughs) comes with driving, um, putting on clothes that I don't like wearing tank tops to cover my belly, Um, it was a really sad time in my life and I just felt blah. I felt out of control. I felt like I could never stick to anything. Um, cause I kept trying, I kept trying different things, but like, I just could never stick to anything. And I remember one time working out with a personal trainer and she was wonderful. Like she was a really nice woman. I, I liked her, but like she, she was like, record everything that you eat today. And I'm like, are you like effing kidding me? Like my workday is so stressful and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to take, you know, time to go and record what I'm eating. And from her perspective, yeah, whatever, no big deal. But like, I'm like, you don't understand what it's like to have 34 kindergartners, kindergartners, not high school students, not college students, 34 kindergartners. And the classroom is a mess. I'm a mess. And you want me to go and record what I'm eating. It's like, no, that like, that was adding stress to my day that was not relieving stress. It was one more thing that I needed to think of, one more thing that I wasn't capable of doing and then feeling like a failure because it's like I'm paying money to go see someone to lose weight and it's like I can't even do this. So it was just like failing the thing and then feeling more like a failure. This like double double puncture. <laughs> um so that was like my early 20s failed attempts at losing weight. And then it was around my 30th birthday. And I talked about this in the past episode where I talked about getting into running. But that's when I was like, you need to get your shit together. Like, this isn't going well. You're the biggest that you've ever been and you feel terrible. And that's when I did diet hop and, you know, jumped from plan to plan. And, you know, I tried 21 day fix and then I tried whole 30 and then I went back to 21 day fix. And then I tried, you know, different DVDs and different gym memberships and blah, blah, blah. And, I lost weight, but it was like, it was a mess. And when I talk about the diet triangle or the extreme exercise triangle, um, that's what was happening. 
constantly over and over and over again. I would be super strict with food. I would pump myself up to be at 100 and then I would fall back to zero again, right? And so it was that repeated for years and years and years and it was so messed up. And I think the thing that sucks too is that from the outside, you know, people could see that I had lost weight, but it's like on the inside, I was such an effing mess, like afraid to go anywhere. I was afraid to be in social social situations because what if there's sugar in the salad dressing? So I remember going out to lunch. Yeah. So this is like after Whole30, um, going out to lunch with two girlfriends and getting a burger, but not with, with, with no bun. Um, so, right. So paying like 13, $14 for this meal, getting a burger with no bun. And um, instead of getting French fries, having a um, side salad, just like mixed greens, and then eating it and realizing that the balsamic dressing isn't just balsamic, it's like balsamic and sugar, like a sweetened dressing and spitting it out, right? So like, that's my life. Like, great. I lost some weight, but now I like, I'm a mess. I'm not fun to be with like this. I can't even have a conversation with the people I'm with because I'm thinking about the sugar in the salad dressing. And so, or like, oh, if we would go somewhere asking, asking people to make my food with olive oil instead of vegetable oil, like, or man, I met at one time we were in Atlanta and going out to brunch with um, some friends actually from high school that were in Atlanta going out to brunch with them. And like talking about how I was afraid to be at brunch because I just finished doing whole 30 and I'm afraid to eat anything here. And because I'm afraid I'm going to gain weight. If I eat something, if I eat a carb, I'm going to gain weight. Like, right. Like that's my life. Like, Oh, what a mess. What a mess. Um, and even after I finished Whole30, it's not – or like, you know, I was like, cool, I'm not doing Whole30. I'm going to figure out how many – eat. things were an effing mess for a while. I was still on that diet triangle, still binging on weekends, um, still trying out different plans. Okay, fine. Now I'm going to do this different this different work, this DVD plan. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to train for another marathon. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pay $600 to work out with this personal trainer and he's going to get me into shape, like really good shape for, you know, it, it was a mess. The when I think about the energy around that time, it's like I was a mess. I was desperate. I was hurting inside. And nothing was changing on the outside. (laughs) I was hurting inside, got to this like plateau, got to this place like, great, you lost some weight, Um, but nothing was changing. And I was desperate. And it was just like, again, it was just like a really sad time in my life. But also, it looks like I'm happier because I've lost weight on the outside, but like on the inside, just like miserable. So it really took a while. It took a lot of time to figure out how to eat and not just how to eat, but how to talk to myself and how to relate to my body and what's important to me. So I think 2015, 2016 is when I started my blog and I started writing about imperfect eating and wasn't calling it it at the time, but like, you know, really trying to figure out how to eat and how to not feel afraid of junk food or not feel afraid of donuts or burgers um, and practicing having some without having all. And so there was a while that I didn't lose any more weight. Like it was, I had to relearn how to eat again because 
being super extreme with food wasn't a way that wasn't working and going the other way and being extreme and eating all of this food wasn't a way of living. So I really had to practice and unlearn some really bad habits, some really bad behaviors and some really bad thought loops about food. Um, and, um, I had to learn a different way. Now I know that when people do that, um, let's see, I never, I never went back. So I probably, I, okay. I was like a size 14 at my heaviest. And then I got down to like a size six or a size eight. Um, and I never went back up to a size 14 and I, I credit that to, I never went back to just effort eating, like complete, like cool, let's binge for like a month. That was never, once you realize like, okay, I I do feel better (laughs) when I'm eating vegetables. I don't want to go back to never eating vegetables again. Vegetables, protein, plants and protein, you know, that became a part of my life. Um, no matter what, even if there was a weekend binge, I always came back to enjoying having salads. And so I never gained weight to the point where I was back in like a size 14, but I probably fluctuated up and down, a few, you know, a few pounds. But also I, I stopped getting on the scale <laughs> constantly. I stopped getting on the scale every day like everyone told me to. Get on the scale, you know, take photos every day. I stopped doing that. So the, the weight fluctuations, it probably goes up or down, but like it's not on my constant radar. Um, it was really when we moved back to Chicago that I was like, you need to figure out a good system for movement because the food thing, the food piece was there. But the food piece, um, yeah, like it, great. I was always eating plants and protein. The binging um, stopped happening. The occurrences stopped happening as much, but the movement piece and the consistency with that wasn't there. And so that when we moved back to Chicago, that was really the main focus and the big motivating factor for making that part of my life and my day and my morning was my mental health and realizing I feel like shit. I feel like a shitty person. I, there's so, there's so many like self-loathing thoughts and just um, and feeling lethargic and feeling low energy and feeling blah. And, you know, if I don't go out and move my body first thing in the morning, there's anxiety about it, like throughout the day, like, are you going to do it? Are you not going to do it? Like, if I don't get it first thing, done, you know, done first thing in the morning. So movement for mental health became a non-negotiable. It is movement for mental health. If you don't move your body first thing in the morning, you feel like shit. So the non-negotiable is you get up and move. That's it. That's it. And once I started doing that, I really started creating systems for self-care. Get up and move your body. It's a non-negotiable. That's it. Doesn't even matter if you don't want to. I never want to. The truth is I never want to go, <laughs> but I still always go. I still always go. Um, and after years of this, the the thoughts about should I go, it's they're less. Especially, I mean, it's easier during summer. Winter, it's still there, sure. But um, it doesn't matter if I don't want to go. The thought's there for like a second and then I go. And so having that system and being really consistent with moving and then habit stacking has been phenomenal for me. So again, nothing really has changed with food. When I look at, mm, I would say the last four years, 
um, especially when I started teaching imperfect eating and coaching specifically on imperfect eating and the five P's, nothing has changed. Um, I added the, the two P's. So, okay, let me go back. When I first started teaching imperfect eating, I called it veggie protein carb, like a lot of things out there, and also single serving desserts and also uh, Pizza Friday. I started working with a coach who kind of helped me um, write it a little bit better, and then I changed it so so that it was catchier and you could explain it easily. So instead of veggie protein carb, I talked about plants, protein, a little bit of processed fun food. Then as I started teaching and working with more clients, I was like, okay, cool. People need to drink plenty of water because they're not. And also they need to plate it. They need to sit, sit the F down and eat your meal. Stop rushing around, especially moms and people who work in corporate jobs. I get it. You're super busy. Teachers, get it. You're super busy. Everyone, you're all busy. Um, but once I started working with people, I was like, cool, we need to add these, these peas. So nothing has really changed with imperfect eating. Me personally, um, nothing changed during the pandemic. Um, that's just how I eat, right? The only thing that I needed to work on was a system for movement. So system for meals was there. I needed a better system for movement. And that started with the morning, the morning walk. And then the morning I started doing the 20 minutes of lifting every morning. Um, and if I wasn't lifting and you know, I was feeling so depressed about the world, I was doing yoga or I was foam rolling, but doing something instead of anything. Um, and then started adding on running when that felt good. Um, and then that was, what did I start doing? I started doing even day runs. And then as it started to get warmer out and I, you know, running felt more comfortable, I started doing runs on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on Saturday. And then as it got warmer and after we got vaccinated, um, we started going to our CrossFit gym. So now I have a 20 minute bike ride there. We lift and do a bunch of stupid, crazy things. And then a 20 minute bike ride home. Um, recently I went back to my co-working office and, um, instead of driving, driving is a stressor. Driving increases stress because you got to deal with potholes. You got to deal with buses. You got to deal with two lanes of traffic and someone in the left lane turning and a bus in the right lane, right? I just bike. So instead of being on a main road, I take side streets the whole way to my co-working office. So I'm getting another 20 minutes of movement on the way there and I'm relieving stress instead of incre increasing stress. And I have another 20 minutes um, of movement on my way home. So um, just by doing that, meals have stayed the same, right? Nothing has changed with meals. Um, I'm actually eating more because I'm also eating a solid breakfast every morning, but nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It stayed the same. But the only thing that I've changed is increasing movement and being, being really strategic, really systematic, using atomic habits, using the idea of habit stacking, um, and just looking for opportunities to intentionally move my body. Um, not looking at the calories burned, not, oh man, I burned a thousand calories. Who cares? Who cares if you burned a thousand calories? Putting on muscle is better for you or doing low stress movement, like, uh, low impact. That's better for your body, right? I don't care how many calories are burned in the workout. I want to make sure that I have something that I can actually be consistent with when I'm 88. <laughs> so, um, just by doing that, I've lost another seven pounds. I just got on the scale for the first time, uh, the other day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I could tell that my clothes were feeling a little bit looser. I could also see the definition in my legs, especially. So it talked about how I've always been self-conscious about my thighs. Um, I can like my, 
they're thinning out and I can see more muscle. I can see like my quad muscle, you know, going up my whole um, thigh. And I've never had that before. But again, I was very, um, the energy around this versus uh, when I was turning 30. When I was turning 30, the energy around weight loss was very desperate. It was sad. It was desperate. It is not something I'd want for a young female in my life by any means. No. Oh, it was disgusting. Feels so sad. Um, the energy around what I'm doing now, it is positive. It is um, doable. It is sustainable. Um, I have no worries. Like, oh man, you know, what if I, what if I gain all this weight back? I don't have any worries about that because I didn't cut anything out or do anything extreme. Everything has been built up very slowly and steadily and systematically. And so, and also life hasn't been perfect, right? Um, there's been a lot of stressors, but I've navigated those stresses, um, right? There's a pandemic. <laughs> so I learned how to work out at home, right? Uh, gym's close. I learned how to work out at home. Races were canceled. I learned how to run on my own, run for myself instead of running for a race, um, it's cold and it's disgusting and Chicago sucks. Great. I learned how to work out in my home. I learned how to uh, run just for just a minute so that running always stays consistent. It's part of me. I learned how to uh, use our stationary bike and ride, you know, for 15, 20 minutes at the end of the night while watching television, right? So there's been those stressors. And then also our dog got sick. There's a family death. There's been a couple family deaths. Um, I've navigated those because th that's part of life. Life, you know, getting healthy, it has to happen while all the shitty parts of life happen as well. It has to happen while all the great parts of life. We've traveled a little bit. We went on our road trip, not a ton of travel this last year, obviously. But getting healthy, it has to happen while all of these things are happening. Otherwise, you won't know how to handle them. You won't know how to navigate them. You won't. Uh, it's like when people go to the biggest loser ranch, it's like, great, cool, you know, work out for eight hours and kill yourself doing that. But like the the real thing is how are you going to handle when you are commuting and you're late? How are you going to handle when you didn't plan anything for dinner? How are you going to handle when your kid has a disaster at school or you have a work disaster? Those are the things that trip people up. And it's like, how are you going to navigate those things, the real stressors of life? So obviously I haven't, I've been, this, I haven't been perfect. Like that's, that wasn't the goal of anything, but I've navigated the stressors. I've navigated the stress. I've moved through the stress, um, by having my systems for self-care. Cool. This sucks that this thing is happening. I need to make sure that I keep doing these things, especially during these times of stress. Um, I, I need to keep moving my body. I need to keep eating vegetables. I need to keep drinking water. Those are the things that are actually going to help me move through, through the stress. Um, and it not just stay stuck in me. So again, uh, lost about another seven pounds down about 32 pounds from my highest, um, pant size is still, it's, it's like a size six, um, shirt size is like a size small. Um, and also the other thing too, that's been nice is like not having, having to buy new clothes constantly. I'm actually reducing my clothing in my closet and really focusing on like minimalism and anti-consumption 
and um, not fast fashion anymore. So really focusing on the basics of clothes and coming up with a capsule wardrobe. Um, And I think in the past I, I would worry like, oh, I can't, I've always wanted a capsule wardrobe, but I really worried what if my weight fluctuates, you know, what if I, but now it's like, well, no, your, your weight has stayed the same for the last mm, five years. Um, my weight has not, you know, changed a ton. And, um, even these, like these seven pounds, it's like, well, I still look the same. Like my clothes are just a little bit smaller, but like, you know, getting some basics that will, you know, they're flexible and it'll work with my body. I, I have no, I, I don't think that my body will ever get down to like a size two or a size four. I don't think that that's how my I'm structured to be. Um, but I think that the weight that I'm at right now, I'm probably putting on a little bit of muscle and just changing how it looks like it. That's probably, this is probably how I will always look, but maybe a little bit more muscular is kind of what I'm going for. But, um, yeah, so down about 32 pounds. Um, but it's the, it's not the number on the scale that makes me happy. I'm going to say that again. It's not the number on the scale that makes me happy. It's the having systems for self-care that makes me happy. It's the following through with my systems. It's the letting go, letting go go of goals that makes me happy. I, I am so happy that I am not, that I don't have a goal weight. Oh my God, it feels so effing amazing to not have a goal weight. It feels so effing amazing to not even have a race rate, uh, uh, race rate, <laughs> race uh, time goal, or I have to like pressure myself and stress myself out to run a certain distance or a certain pace. I, it feels so good. I'm good. Having a system for self-care feels so much better than all of the pressure and stress that I used to put on myself and the desperation and sadness and the angst. So this, I am happy because I have systems for self-care. Um, so again, it's not the races, it's not the the scale that makes me happy. It's the systems. It's the following through with the systems. It's the waking up even on the hard days and doing the things. It's the not having to think about food so much, not having to think about exercise, reducing de- decision fatigue, <laughs> choice overwhelm, reducing that stuff. That makes me happy. I get to I get to miss out on um, so many things. I think it was Brene Brown. Brene Brown is the first person that I saw say this, but Jomo, joy of missing out. I have joy in missing out of all of the shit that people put themselves through. I have joy in missing out on the um, the exercise shit. I have joy missing out on you having to track macros or you having to cut out bread or you having to you know skip to another diet or you having to um, be on a liquid diet, only drink pre-workout and protein shakes in the morning because you're afraid of chewing food. I have joy in missing out on that shit. Um, I just get to run through my day <laughs> and feel happy, healthy, and confident. So again, it's not the number on the scale. It's not the number 32 that makes me happy. It's the being able to take care of myself, going from being that person who didn't take care of herself, didn't know how to do that, and being that person that that does, Right. So that is how I lost the 25 pounds and then the seven pounds, lost about 32 pounds um, from the the highest number that I've ever seen on the scale. Um, So a word about the scale, it is in a closet in my husband's office, a dark closet that doesn't have a light. Um, After I got on it, it went back in there because I don't need that data. That data doesn't do anything for me. Um, 
I had a call with someone uh, last week who uh, enrolled in summer consistency camp and we were talking about the scale and she said, she gets on it every day. The number just brings a lot of disappointment and discouragement and then actually drives her to eat more because, well, why is she even bother with starving herself? Because it's actually, it's nothing's changing, right? So we talked about like, what if you just let go of the scale and you focus on your system? You focus on showing up and doing the habits that we're talking about. What do you think would happen with the scale? Probably would go down, right? So there's this part in Atomic Habits where he talks about um, – a basketball team, if they spent the whole basketball game looking at the scoreboard, right, then they're going to mess – they're going to F up a bunch of plays. But if they just focus on running the plays, the scoreboard will take care of itself, right? So that is – if you get anything from today's episode, let go of the desperation around the scale. Let go of the sadness. Let go of the discouragement and the disappointment. All of those emotions are just um, fueling more of it. It's fueling more discouragement and more disappointment and more frustration and more desperation. Let go of the action of getting on the scale every two seconds and focus on your system. Focus on your lead measures, not your lag measures. <laughs> focus on your lead measures. What do you have control over? You have control over going for a walk this morning. You have a control. You have control over lifting for 20 minutes today. You have control over choosing to always just have a five-piece salad every day. You have control over having a single-serving dessert, right? Those are things that you have control over. Focus your attention on your systems for self-care instead of dumb lag measures like this scale. When you do that, when you focus on your habits, when you focus on your systems, you arrive to that thing that you want. And the energy around it feels a whole lot better. So- I hope that you learn more from these seven pounds that I lost rather than the 25 because the 25 was desperate. The 25 sucked. The 25 wasted a lot of years of my life. It ruins a lot of relationships. It ruins a lot of time that I could have, you know, could have been enjoying life. So (laughs) learn more from the seven pounds or learn what not to do um, from my 25 pounds. But Uh, Yeah, so today, today is the last day to enroll in summer consistency camp. Um, If you are ready to let go of the desperation and the discouragement and the disappointment, and you are ready to, you know, feel encouraged and feel inspired and feel motivated, um, enroll in summer consistency camp. I want to make this possible for you. Um, It is a no brainer when it comes to the investments. It's a dollar a day, $35 total. We're going to focus on you creating systems for self-care. Over the next 35 days, you're going to show up for yourself. You're going to do the actions and you're going to feel good. And will the scale change? Yeah, it might not change right away, but that happens. That's a lag measure because of your lead measures, because of you showing up and taking care of yourself. Again, today is the absolute last day to enroll in summer consistency camp. Click the link in the show notes or go to systemsforselfcare.com slash summer consistency camp. I will see you on our Zoom call. We'll get this started. Take care. I will see you tomorrow for uh, Friday's uh, running recap. Bye. Bye.